Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am none other than Mr. Warren Hayes himself joining you this evening for the Raw Recap Show of the tw- of the uh, January 21st edition of Monday Night Raw. And now we dance. And now we dance. <laughs> oh, man, I am so happy, pleased, thrilled to see all of you here in the chat watching live here on Mr. Warren Hayes. Not Mr. Warren Hayes. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. There we go. Got a whole bunch of people tonight. We have the uh, ravishing Kristen Ashley here with us. We have the equally ravishing JPQ making sure everything works nice and well in the in the world of online moderations. We have Rachel Moon, Jay, uh, Darcy, Michael. Uh, 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 who, uh, I, 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 we have Fretz here, Kevin. Just a small smattering of the folks who are hanging out, hanging out in the chat right now. And if you're not watching live right now, you're probably watching this a little later. But did you know? Did you know, folks, that you can also watch, listen, I should say, to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show on podcast applications? Because yes, yes, I have started putting the audio of these live shows up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. They're there. And a bunch of other uh, underlings, uh, uh, sub... uh, sub-level applications as well. They're all there. So you guys can also decide to listen to it audio completely uh, completely free of, uh, of any visual apparatus aids that I may uh, provide here than, you know, than all my nervous tics and whatnot that is that are, that are somewhat very distracting and unnerving to some people. So you can do that as well. Thank you. Thank you. So go check that out. And if you do check it out, feel, uh, you know, go ahead and feel free to, uh, to subscribe. That's always cool. And while you're here, if you're, uh, if you're new to the show, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to, to, to my YouTube channel? And, and if you're watching live, why don't you tweet out the link? Give us a thumbs up. Those things work. They work really well. Well, YouTube likes that kind of stuff. And if YouTube likes it, YouTube likes me. And if, uh, YouTube likes me, well then, uh, you know, we, uh, go out for, you know, for uh, a bite to eat, maybe a movie. You know, maybe a little peck on the cheek on the first date and then uh, see if uh, YouTube will call me back the next day. Because I, I wait. I'm the guy who waits. I'm, I'm, the, I'm not the chaser. I'm the chasee. <laughs> Man, I've got a busy week in f- ahead of me this week. Did you know that, fellas, folks, ladies, gals? There's a whole bunch a whole mess of WWE programming this week. Tomorrow is SmackDown Live, so of course I'm going to be back here uh, tomorrow evening, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another live recap of the SmackDown Live program. Wednesday, I'm going to be over on FightfulSelect.com, and I'm going to be returning with my NXT 205 Live NXT UK recap show. Yes! The, the WWE has decided that they are bringing back NXT UK to just one hour instead of giving us two hours back to back. So that means that your boy Warren watches one hour less of WWE programming a week. Uh, that's something. And then 
That means that I can I can condense everything onto my my into one podcast, those three hours into one podcast over on fightfulselect.com, premium service to fightful.com, combat sports news website, pro wrestling, boxing, MMA. You get all your news there, and then if you want the extra content, you want the extra podcast, you want the 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 uh, the sneak peeks, the previews, you head on over to fightfulselect.com. Starts at five dollars, five dollars, five dollars a month, and you get all sorts of extra content. You get my podcast, you get retro pay per view podcast. It's Royal Rumble season. It's up this week. If you want to hear what Sean Ross Sapp and I thought about the very first, or at least the first televised Royal Rumble. 1998 we covered it it's up there it's right now it's right there it's there fight rule report fightful report every week sean runs down the news he does that every week you have the weekender podcast uh steven jensen handles that uh every uh where he covers all sorts of uh, uh, non-wwe programming so check that out check that out it's a great way to support Fightful. It's a great and let them know. You know, if you do if you do subscribe, you're you, you know, you subscribe and you say, Hey, you know, I came here because uh, Warren Hayes told me to. And then Sean, will, Sean, Sean, Sean Ross Sapp will be like, wow, Warren Hayes, what a draw. <laughs> then, so that's on Wednesday. So I'm going to be doing that on Wednesday. That's my usual thing. Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 Standard Central, 6 Standard Central, I will be joined by Smart to Death's very own Anthony Souter right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I will, uh, he'll be joining me for my uh, Royal Rumble prediction show. So he's going to be delivering his predictions. I'm going to be delivering my predictions. We are going to banter, perhaps argue a little, perhaps uh, have uh, various differences of opinion, perhaps not as well. There's only one way to find out. That is to come on over and join me on Thursday for that. That's going to be awesome. And then if you want double your, your Warren Hayes trouble for one evening at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Uh, I will be joining the boys at uh, Spees and the Benchmark Show because, uh, look, it's turned into a thing. It's turned into a tradition. Every time there's uh, an NXT takeover, they invite me on the show and we talk about the upcoming takeover. I'm looking forward to it. Chris and Silky, fantastic guys. They have a great show. So I'm going to be talking NXT TakeOver Phoenix over on their show. Friday, I'm going to have my own prediction show here again on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, I'm going to be joined once again by C. Danny Mac of the Undisputed Future podcast. So that'll be a lot of fun. That's going to be on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern. Saturday, we're going to be recording. When I say we, I mean uh, me, Kristen Ashley, and Laura Morrow. That's going to be your panelists. I'm going to be, me and Laura are joining Kristen, I should say. We're going to be joining uh, Kristen for a new recording of the Division podcast, which happens over on Fightful.com, the uh, uh, women's wrestling podcast that Kristen started up. Apparently, she wants me back on her podcast again. Can't blame her. We're going to be joining. <laughs> we're going to be. We're going to be joined by Laura Morrow, uh, uh, who is a, a fantastic writer. She writes for Day, um, uh, the Daily DDT, Diva Dirt as well. Uh, she was actually here on my show as well uh, with the NXT Takeover NXT. UK takeover Blackpool predictions. Fantastic, fantastic lady. Uh, it's going to be another good time talking about women's wrestling. That's going to be on Saturday. And then I think, I think that after the Royal Rumble, I'm joining, I'm heading over to Smart to Deathland to join Kyle and Anthony for their post show. 
oh, I'm, all, I'm just exhausted t- t- telling y'all what I'm going to be doing over the next few days. Imagine once I actually get into it, that's going to be bananas. It's going to be bananas. So lots of stuff. Mark your calendars. Write it all down, folks. Enjoy. Follow me on Twitter if you don't want to remember all this stuff. Mr. Warren Hayes. I, I, plug, I plug the shit out of everything I do there. Righto. What are we doing? What do we got? What do we have? What's what, How do I do a show? How do things work here? Oh, yeah, I do bold predictions. Bold predictions! Once again, scouring my Twitter feed today for the boldest predictions for tonight's Monday Night Raw. You know, the, 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 the thing here... The thing here with um, with bold predictions, and this is interesting because you know I say it when I tweet when I tweet it out when I actually put the stuff out there, and I say you know guys gals I want you to come at me with your wildest ideas, and some people their idea of wild is um, their their idea of wild is the revival win a match like uh, I know what you mean, but that's not what I'm looking for. Or people will be like, oh, anyway, I'll get into it. <laughs> but let's say I, I, another ser- another great set of bold predictions to go through tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Where's my mouse cursor? Holy crap. I mean, technology-wise tonight, things are really, they aren't off to a good start, right? And the live crew knows here tonight that we started the evening off with a bit of a snafu. The show didn't... Uh, didn't begin with the, uh, you know, the top-notch level of technical expertise and quality that you expect from Mr. Warren Hayes. Thank God y'all listening in uh, podcast land. At least you guys will know. You won't know. <laughs> All right, here we go. Bold predictions. We're going to start with Jacob Bright. Jacob says, David Arquette. And he tagged them. David Arquette comes out. And says he's entering the Royal Rumble. And when he wins, he's going to beat Brock Lesnar and bring back the World Heavyweight Championship. That's very bold. You know, and the one thing that you can rest assured of is that uh, from this point on, David Arquette is no longer doing anything with light tubes. So, good on him. Next, we have Long John Bronze. That's a bold prediction. He says, Baron Corbin seeks to swap bodies with Vince McMahon so he can run raw again. It goes horribly wrong. And he ends up swapping bodies with Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins wins a match as Corbin, making him contemplate if this counts as ending his losing streak. I love this bold prediction because there's levels of, you know, what is the human identity? How, how am I a person if I enter the body of another person, am I still the same person if it's my consciousness that transfers into it? You know, very, very deep philosophical questions coming out of this bold prediction right here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much, Long John Bronze. Next we have, look at this, we have Amy O, who's joined us. Uh, And she says, Raw opens with a scuffle in the crowd. The Revival is leading a protest with FTR. No one knows what FTR means, so the chants are are all free forever and fuck the Revival. 
cut to AOP and Drake in police gear running down for an impromptu tag match to put the revival down for good. There you go. That's a good one. Lots of stuff. Thank you, Amy, for this very bold prediction. Oh, I want to switch. Come on, switch. Switch, damn you. Joshua Andre Josh Joshua not Joshua Joshua Anderson joins us and says Balor says he's too scared to fight Lesnar and Minoru Suzuki will face him instead of Brock instead and Brock begs Balor to reconsider that's very bold that's very bold do you think do you do you think that Minoru that Brock Lesnar would back down from Minoru Suzuki probably not and vice versa That'd be something very interesting. King Juni comes in and says, Brock, to come out dressed as an angel to combat the demon. <laughs> in a good versus evil promo. <laughs> uh, see, as much as I, I like this, and as much as the idea of Brock Lesnar being dressed up as an angel makes me laugh, I get flashbacks of that old Dwayne Johnson movie, Tooth Fairy, where he dressed up in a tutu and where he was the, the Tooth Fairy, and that, that wasn't very funny. So I'm, I'm torn on this, but it's still very bold, very bold prediction. Finally, we have Mike Baker, who joins us in a two-part bold prediction. Here we go. Realizing that he is going to have to go someplace incredibly dark in order to have a chance against Brock, Finn journeys to the mat to the Hardy compound, excuse me, where Matt is waiting for him. Matt asks Finn if he's sure. Finn replies yes, and Matt takes him to a rundown shed and shuts the door. It's total darkness until a lantern lights up and a voice says, Brother Finn, I knew you'd come. A figure in a rocking chair is seen and Bray Wyatt appears, telling him, Finn, you are going to need a demon to slay a beast. Bray approaches the light and before he blows it out, and that's it, I don't know, maybe there was another part, but I didn't find it, but it was still very cool. It was still really, really cool. That was fantastic. I love it. Thank you. The, the, that's the kind of way that I that I would have booked the whole Bray thing in to, to begin with Matt Hardy Bray. Anyway, we're not gonna get into that right now. It's all it's old news at this point. But thank you, Mike. Very bold. And those were our bold predictions for today. Let's talk about the go home show, the Royal Rumble go home show. How you doing, Chad? By the way, how's everyone doing tonight? Let me go take a look here. Give me a second. Just run through a couple of things. Talking about... What are you guys talking about? Yeah, the Arquette and light tubes. Yes. Yes. I Yes, I do absolutely hate light light tubes. Um, Kristen feels un, underappreciated. Uh, you know, but we should show Kristen a lot of appreciation uh, if she's feeling that way, everyone press F to appreciate Kristen, please. In the chat, press F. Uh, thank you, Mike, for that wonderful, wonderful, uh, for that wonderful, uh, bold prediction. All right, let's get into it. 
Let's get into it. Bold predictions where you start off. This is where we're at now. I'm going through. A, there we go. We start off with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman coming to the ring to cut a promo. Um, and uh, our boy Paul here is basically, basically what he does is, uh, you know, it's your typical but very effective uh, uh, Paul Heyman promo where he puts, you know, he puts his man over, but he also takes the time to put the uh, the opponent over. And you say what you want about Paul Heyman promo, promos all, you know, sort of following that same path. You know, his delivery and his eloquence and his writing when it comes to his promos, because you can rest assured, you can rest assured that he writes his own stuff. You don't have a member of the writing team uh, writing for Paul Heyman at this point. You can be damn sure about that. Um, his stuff is great. He's fantastic. You know, he tells and he, you know, he puts over Finn, says that he pinned Cena in the ring last week. He says that he, uh, he got the whole entire WWE universe believing in Finn, but he says Brock will turn him into a martyr, a martyr, sacrificing Finn for making the audience believe that he can beat Brock. And here comes Paul Heyman's spoiler. The spoiler is even miracles fear Brock Lesnar. Now it comes Vince McMahon because... Because that's what that's what this uh, that's what the fresh era of WWE needs, and that's more aging CEOs on television. Vince says, you know, he sort of goes looks at Paul and he says, "Oh, that's some old school promoing era, drumming up business, right there, Paul." And then he he starts telling a the story of David and Goliath, and I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I understand, I know what the story is. But I'm not sure why we're talking about it. And I don't know why he's making, he being Vince, I don't know why he's making such a big deal out of it. And he's not exactly telling the story the right way either. I was all, it was all very convincing. It was all very, very convincing. A very uh, unconvincing to me what was happening. Talking about David being re reincarnated as Finn Balor. I don't, I don't get it. And it, he says that if, if anyone thinks that Finn can beat Brock then you believe in fairy tales. Now that brings Braun Strowman out because of what happened last week. And he comes to the ring and he says, you know, last night was, not last night, but last Monday was the worst Monday of his life. Like he, he was, last week was like a, uh, it was the quintessential Garfield Monday. He had a Garfield moment. He says, last week I got fined $100,000 and I my my title shot was cost because of Baron Corbin, but it was kind of your lucky night, Brock, because you don't get to face me at uh, at Royal Rumble or something like that. And he says, if you're still champ afterwards, well, I'm going to rip you apart for that title. Oh, and that's right. In the chat, Rachel saying, I never read the Bible. Paul Paul Heyman said that yes, and that made me laugh, of course, because he's Jewish. But then again. Um, but then again, isn't, isn't David and Goliath like Old Testament and isn't the, the Old Testament, I, I'm, 
I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on this, and I definitely don't want to start up a religion thing on, on my stream right now. Um, but isn't, like, the Old Testament the part that both, like, Christians and uh, Jewish people agree upon? Like, that's the part that everyone's okay with? It's like the whole, it's the Jesus thing? Anyway. So, like, he literally never read the Bible. Um... <clears throat> So, so, uh, so Braun is basically like pleading this case. And then finally Finn Balor comes out and he comes in and he says, Oh, the same old Monday night raw Braun out here doing Braun things. And I, I'm kind of disappointed because it didn't go any further than that. I'm kind of disappointed that it just stopped that. Oh, same old Monday night raw Braun is out here. You know, just pushing the envelope a little bit. I feel like there was, you know, he could be Braun doing Braun things. Brock just standing around in the ring. Vince McMahon coming out to soak up some attention that he could be given to someone else backstage. You know, something like that. It felt, it, it felt, you know, interrupted like a, well, like a coitus. And, uh, <laughs> um, so basically he says, you know, I'm the guy who fought all three other guys to earn my spot against Brock. Uh, and, uh, and he'll reclaim the, and he says, I'll reclaim my universal title. Uh, Braun says that, um, he, okay. Braun says something very, very strange. He says, I'm not sure you can beat Braun Finn, but I sure hope you do. I'm like, why, why, why did he say that? Because just before he was saying, you know, if you're still champion after this, Brock, I'm going to tear you apart. And I'm like, wait, I don't understand. I didn't understand what Braun was talking about. Anyway, there's more talk. Uh, the, uh, the promo sort of gets confused towards the end. You know, Brock is leaving. Vince McMahon is saying, look, I got an idea. And uh, Finn is still trying to deliver his uh, David and Goliath lines. Uh, but this all leads into an impromptu match. Braun versus Finn in the ma in the ring with Brock Lesnar uh, sitting around on the outside. We come back from commercial and the match has started. And uh, Finn is kicking Braun. He slaps him across the face. Um, and he slaps Braun across the face when Braun diverts his attention to Brock, who was on the, uh, who was on the outside. Uh, Braun then gets, uh, gets on Finn with a big forearm across the chest. He throws Finn out of the ring. Braun is, uh, Braun is working as a heel in this particular match here. He's not, he's not working babyface. He's working heel. He does the running tackle around the ring and tackles Finn down, uh, back into the ring. Finn gets avalanche covers, but kicks out at two. Um, Braun tosses Finn out, goes for the uh, running tackle again, but eats a sling blade for his trouble. Finn then, uh, with some, uh, with some flying strikes, uh, locks in a sleeper hold. Then uh, goes in with a nice series of nicely positioned, vicious elbows, stomps, uh, Braun on the chest. Finn goes up top, but, um, but Braun gets back up and throws Finn out to the floor and Brock catches him. And suplexes him to the floor. Now, I asked, I, I put this out on Twitter, and I'm still gonna mention it here because it does 
bare the the necessity to be mentioned. Why wasn't he disqualified? He being Braun, why wasn't he disqualified right then and there? That's outside interference. Someone planting a move on someone else. Hmm. Um, and the referee saw it. I mean, the referee went even to the outside to check on Finn. Very strange. Brock and uh, Braun then trade some glares. You know, it's almost as if they're smoldering. At this point, I'm sort of wondering if they, they want to fight each other, if they want to make out. But Finn trips Brock off the apron. Uh, he shotgun drop kicks him against the posts. Against the post, I should say. Um, then Finn, uh, then Finn Topicon Helos onto Brock on the outside. And ow, ow. Brock did what he could to catch your boy Finn. Uh, you know, there, I think there's a bit of a combination where Finn didn't get the elevation he needed or the distance, I should say. Brock was a little too far away. Good on Brock to, to have saved him, but Finn landed kind of hard on that one as well. Finn lures Braun back into the ring. He hits a sling blade on him. Basement dropkick on Lesnar back on the outside. He uh, shotgun dropkicks him into the barricade. Braun drags Finn back into the ring, though. He puts him in the corner, but Finn avoids the shoulder tackle. Braun posts himself. Coup de grace on Braun. Braun Strowman, who just had, like, shoulder chest area injury, and he's like, yeah, 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 dive off the rope with your feet onto me. No problem. What a trooper Braun is. Uh, Finn goes for the cover, but instead Brock breaks up the pin, hits an F5, and for some reason, this causes a disqualification. So, this is, and what, the one thing that frustrates me the most on Twitter is when people post minion gifts on my timeline the second thing that frustrates me most on twitter is when i post things like this saying why was this a disqualification and the first attack wasn't and people tell me it's wwe logic no no this is not i don't adhere to this i hold wwe to a higher standard than that i don't want them to insult my intelligence so i'm not going to rake it uh push it over as just WWE logic yeah they've done stupid shit in the past they keep doing stupid shit and I want the stupid shit to be at a minimal and if you have a basic set of rules where you have a referee who's there who's maintaining order in the ring well if he's not going to call a DQ on one thing don't have him call the DQ on the second thing that's all one that's just logic consistency make me understand or or make all your refs become New Japan refs. <laughs> where, where just anything goes, regardless. Regardless of what happens. Then all of a sudden, there's a 20 count. Whoop, 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 we need to get back in. All of a sudden, we've been out of the ring like for three minutes, but now the referee starts the 20 count. I love uh, I love New Japan, by the way. And I and I and I and I and I understand, you know, the refs, it's part of their thing. Anyway, but let's come back to the most important matter at hand here. Finn got posted. Uh, Finn got crushed by, by, by Brock. He was in the ring at first. 
being told by Vince McMahon that Vince McMahon doesn't believe that he's going to win, that it's going to be a fairy tale. Braun telling him, you know, it should be him. You know, all these big, larger, you know, Brock and Braun in the ring, two huge guys, two of the biggest guys on the roster. Vince, the head of the company, anyone, anyone who's a, who's smart to the business understands that he's in head of he's in charge of creative he makes the decisions he's in the ring and he's saying you kid i don't believe in you if you you can't win against guys like this and then at the end he gets crushed by the f5 guys guys gals gals i think it's time for us to take a step back a big big deep breath absorb all the information that we have here that happened within this initial segment here and just come to the realization that Finn Balor just might damn well win this Sunday. I think this was absolutely telegraphed this way. I really, really do. Just everything is in a position right now. Everything has been positioned, I should say, to Make sure that we that Finn is the underdog, that he's under duress here, that he's uh he's outclassed or outstrengthed, outsized. I mean, Vince McMahon is in the ring saying, you're not going to do it. Guys, I think I really think Brock Lesnar's dropping the title on Sunday. I really do. It's been set up that way. Like otherwise, otherwise, what what happens otherwise here? It's you've ba- if Finn loses, you just shot his credibility completely by putting him in a position where the boss says you're too small to win. Oh, by the way, you didn't win either. We told you you weren't going to win. You're not main event status. I really think that he's going to win. I really, really do. How you doing, Chad? How's everyone? Oh, look at that. Babaruski's here. Blaine. Good to see you. Good to see you guys. Uh, let's not talk about minions. If everyone's okay with that. Blaine says, uh, I roll with the momentum and have Finn become a two-time universal champion. I agree. JPQ says, Brock is super lean. USADA pool lean. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. And uh, Joe Anthony, how you doing? Joe's, uh, uh, Joe Anthony says, if Finn beats Brock, I will eat my shorts on live public tele- public access television. Joe, Joe, no need for public. Hang on a sec. Wait a second here. Joe, Joe Anthony. We don't have we don't need public access television anymore. We have the internet. If this happens on Sunday and Finn Balor defeats Brock Lesnar for the universal title, you said it yourself. You'll eat your shorts on live public television. I will personally invite you. I will set up the stream right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, and I will invite you to join me, and we shall all watch you. Eat your shorts live right here on my channel. Now, Joe, are you game for this? Gotta let me know. I am ready. I will set this up. I will make this happen. 
Doesn't have to be Sunday. Could be the next day. Could be a, you know, we set the date and 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 you can eat your shorts in whatever way you want. You can saute them. You can deep fry your shorts. Uh, perhaps just, just with a glaze, you know, or a, um, or a, a nice light sauce. You're in on this bet? Okay, man, we're on. And Chris and Ashley will stream that on Diva Dirt as well. We have a thing, folks. We have a thing. Hashtag eat the shorts. <laughs> like Kristen said, just do it after laundry day. We're going to do this. I, I, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to keep you to your word here, Joe. You better pick out. Better pick out your best pair of undies, your most delicious looking ones, the ones that have the least amount of synthetic fibers in them. It's not too late to go uh, go to the to the store this weekend and pick out a, a, a pair that you, you're like, well, you know, at least these are small. Could barbecue, like Blaine said. Simulcast on food TV. Okay, chat. I'm gonna move on because I think I could talk about this for the next 15 minutes. All right. Oh boy, this is gonna be fantastic. Bobby Lashley comes out. It's his celebration as the new um, as the new uh, intercontinental champion. He comes to the ring. He's with uh, obviously Leo Rush, who has a microphone, and he says, "Bobby Lashley." is better than Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. He's also better than every single last person in that locker room. He says, we didn't come out uh, for an open challenge. Open challenges are for kids. He is a pro fighter. We do this for the money, not for fun, for the money. I've talked about this before on my stream, on my previous shows. I like the idea of wrestlers just coming clean and saying, look, yeah, competition is all good and everything, but I, yeah, I'm in this for the bucks, the big bucks. And this was, I like this. I uh, bring, bring this, make this happen to me. More of the money thing. It's a, it's a perfect motivation. Heels, baby faces. People would accept baby faces doing stuff for money. It's not a question of greed. If you do it properly, it's like, oh, well, it's a guy's got to earn a living. Look at what they're doing with, you know, uh, Heath Slater. That's been his thing on another level. You know, look, man, I need a job. I have kids. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's it. So he says, uh, so there's a little podium set up and he says, we're going to start the celebration and the celebration is Bobby Lashley is going to give us a pose down. He steps up on the podium. Boom! Apollo Crews' music hits. And I'm like, man, this is gonna suck. But it didn't suck. Apollo comes to the ring and he says, nobody paid their hard-earned money to see you post, Bobby. Then Leo Rush says, well, look, if you can beat Bobby Lashley in a pose-off, you're going to get a match against... Bobby Lashley, not, not a championship match, mind you, but you will get a match. Apollo Crews is like, I don't even, how do you pose? I don't, I don't do, I don't do it. I don't know how to pose. And Leo Rush with the fantastic line, 
Well, based on your trash, your track record, you don't know how to be a champion either. I'm like, okay, I like that. So, so basically, they trade, they 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 trade poses. Like Bobby Lashley goes up on first on the podium and does does a pose. Then Apollo comes on. He he pops a move, and then he he does his poses, and the crowd are really into this. And Apollo, I think he's getting the biggest reactions since he's been called up onto main roster with these poses here. You, you know, I think that there's a combination of things. The fact that he did come up and, you know, did a little little dance. You know, WWE Universe like likes their wrestlers when they dance. But I think it's also combined to the, with the fact that nobody likes Bobby Lashley either. So they do this a couple of times until Lashley attacks him. Um, but uh, Apollo Crews tosses him out of the ring and then presses uh, Leo Rush over his head and tosses him onto Lashley on the outside. And we have a match which starts during the commercial. Back from commercial, Lashley is, is in control uh, until Apollo hits a missile dropkick. He avoids some offense, tries to press Lashley, but complains about his back. And I'm not 100% sure if it was a work or a shoot. I'm not 100% sure because one of the things that they've established about Apollo Crews over the past few times over his tenure is that he's he's strong he's a strong guy and pressing a guy like Bobby Lashley over his head well that's that's something that strong boys do so um I'm not exactly 100% convinced that he that it was planned for him to drop it because he tried it again and couldn't do it but then again he did go for the moonsault, his standing moonsault. And if his back was really hurting, you don't go for him. You don't do a moonsault, a standing moonsault, especially. And so, so he that's he does the standing moonsault. Lashley moves out of the way, but he uh, but Apollo lands on his feet. And Zaguri's Ashley goes for the standing moonsault again, but this time Leo Rush distracts. But he goes after Leo Rush again, presses him over his head again. But as he's pressing him, he turns around and Bobby Lashley spears the shit out of him and gets the win. So, so much for Apollo Crews. And at this point, Seth Rollins' music hits. He comes down to the ring. They glare at each other as they cross paths. And Seth hits the ring. A lot of people didn't. They didn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people in the, in the chat saying that they didn't like the spot with the back. I guess it was a little weird. So Seth is in the ring, where and he starts by quoting uh, Martin Luther King. I forgot to mention at uh, at the onset of Raw tonight, they did have their uh, their usual MLK Day uh, tribute, ten bell salute. I think it I think it's classy that they do it. I think it's perfect. I also think that they should do that and then just not mention it for the rest of the show or at least if they're going to have wrestlers quote Martin Martin Luther King, it should not only be the white guys. You know what I mean? 
King was all about inclusiveness, sure, but he did a lot. Did you know the civil rights movement wasn't all about the black, wasn't all about uh, white folks. And again, I don't want to get political on a wrestling show, but it's it's still a little strange that the only people who talk about Martin Luther King in the whole episode are Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, and Dean Ambrose is a heel. When they had Titus O'Neil cut a promo at some point, I thought, oh, finally, you're going to get Titus O'Neil, who is super credible, you know, because he is an activist in his own right. He's a guy who works in his community. And I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to have, finally, you're going to have an African-American talk about Martin Luther King, and Titus is a perfect candidate to do that, but no, it was just him throwing his hat into the Royal Rumble. It was really weird. It was very, 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 very strange. And the strange thing is, is that, you know, in Seth's promo, you know, he talks about how, um, you know, how his parents were blue-collar workers, you know, and they, you know, they worked hard to put food on the table and keep a roof out of their, over their head, which I, I, I'm sure they did, you know, coming from a, a, a small town. I'm sure uh, mom and dad worked, uh, worked very hard. To, to supply everything that little Seth needed. Not just not questioning that. It's 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 just strange in the context. I think this promo would have would have just went wouldn't have caused any anyone to go, hmm, should should the white boy be talking about um, should the white boy be talking about difficulties growing up, economic uh, disparity? Should he be talking about that? You know it's all a question of context because otherwise this was a it was a very good Seth Rollins promo very fired up uh which I which I liked um you know bringing on his uh bringing on talking about his passion you know where where he comes from and all that it's fantastic that brings out Drew McIntyre who basically says you know well um uh, you know, small, um, not small, but <laughs> because there's nothing, there's, there's nothing small. There's nothing small about Drew McIntyre. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, but no, but he comes out and basically says, you know, uh, uh, if you, t- you know, if we took all your passion and put it into me, you'd get Drew freaking Mac, freaking McIntyre. He hopes that, uh, that he and Seth are the last two men in the Royal Rumble so that he can stare him in the eye when he tosses him out uh, and wins the Royal Rumble. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> just looking at the chat here. Yeah, uh, KN, KNH, how you doing? I didn't notice you here. He says, unfortunately, there is no black wrestler on Raw as over as Seth. That's true, but... Uh, but I don't know what the point here is. It doesn't matter. You know, you could have had, like I said, I think Titus O'Neil was probably the most credible WWE superstar, African-American superstar to, to talk about MLK. And they just, they didn't do it. It's just weird. It's just weird that they had, that they had the white guys do it. Uh, Bob Aruski says it should have been Titus. Um, Kristen is mentioning that, uh, yeah, um, uh, chatting privately with uh, with Anthony from uh, Smart to Death. He was not impressed with Seth's uh, promo at all. Um, 
And like uh, and like Blaine says, on any on any other day, this promo would have worked. Yes, all is all. It's all about context, really. Now, now, however, Drew and Seth though they had a fun, fun, f- fun fight. This match started again uh, during commercial, where Seth is diving onto Drew when he, when we come back. Flying clothesline on Drew covers him, but only gets two. Seth tosses Drew to the outside, jumps off the post, and Drew uh, moves. And Seth plants himself into the barricade. Drew uh, wraps uh, Seth uh, around the uh, the ring apron, pulling uh, not the ring apron, but the ring post, pulling on his back. Then he starts to ground Seth back into the ring. Seth goes into the road, seats an elbow uh, by uh, Drew, covers and only gets two. Drew then uh, whips Seth into the corner and falls back, covers him, and only gets two. Belly-to-belly overhead suplex by Drew. Covers again, only gets two. Uh, he um, he whips uh, he whips Seth into the corner. Seth does that spot where he, you know, he, he, he grabs the top rope and then lifts himself up, jumps up to avoid, like, Drew charging him. But Drew sort of stops. And as Seth is in the air, Drew just kicks him. I like that. Had him scouted. I, I, I like it when wrestlers are able to scout out these, um, you know, these these classic moves. These classic moves that um, that people, that wrestlers have in their arsenal. Like, them. like no, I see this coming. Wham. Um, so, um, so he kicks Seth. Seth rolls out to the floor. Drew hits the inverted Alabama slam on the floor. Now, an Alabama slam, as you know, typically, you have the dude on your back, you flip him over and he lands He lands on his back, right? It's not the most fun move to take from what, uh, from what I've gleaned uh, from wrestlers and, and discussions over the years. But you do land on the top of your back. And in all types of combat sports that teach this, like from from karate all the way up to uh, other karate, <laughs> but they they they, ta- they teach this in most com- combat sports. When you fall to minimize to minimize falling the impact of falling, you slam your 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 arms to the, to your sides as you as you hit the ground, so that way it minimizes the uh, the amount of impact on your back. So taking an Alabama slam is not necessarily fun. But at least you have your protection. When you take it face first, though, you're coming out like this. You know, all you can do really is hope that you're, you know, plan for your arms to hit a little faster. Scoot your neck back a bit. But you're landing chest first. There's very, it's hard to protect yourself. It's hard to protect yourself by taking this. And Seth takes it on the floor. Good on him. Back from commercial, he hits, uh, he being Seth, hits a sling blade on Drew. Blockbusters him, covers him, only gets two. Drew then power bombs uh, Seth. Um, uh, no, he he power, he sets him up for a power bomb, but Seth blocks it, goes for a victory roll, covers Drew, but only gets two. Drew catches a running Seth into a tilt-a-whirl situation, but Seth blocks it or rolls through it, slides through it, hits a falcon arrow. That was 
Cordon Bleu, folks. Mwah. Beautiful stuff. Covers them for two. Uh, uh, the uh, stomp is avoided, but Seth. I'm sorry. The, the stomp is avoided, but Seth sets Drew up, up on the ropes. Some shenanigans occur, and Drew ends up in the Tree of Woe. He does his uh, crunch thing where he's in the Tree of Woe, but he crunches himself up to grab the dude, tosses him off. Uh, but Seth rolls rolls through, charges while Drew is still in the Tree of Woe, and he crunches himself back up to avoid Seth's attack which was really cool, a nice, nice little variation on that. Drew goes for the Claymore, but instead eats a super kick. He gets covered for 2.9! They're both back on their feet. They're trading shots, headbutt by McIntyre, and everyone is down. Drew then goes up top for a super white noise on Seth. He covers him, but only gets two, and he gets right back up into a sit-out jackknife powerbomb Covers Seth again for 2.9. Seth counters a lariat. Rolling Drew up for the win. Bit out of nowhere. I like the conclusion. I like the ending. But man, your boy Drew is on a losing streak. Wonder what's going on here. That was a lot of fun though. I Nice match. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was cool. What do you think about the match, uh, chat? Uh, John Dickey, how you doing? Welcome to the uh, to the show. Blaine agrees the transition to the Falcon Arrow was nice. Uh, John says, from what I gleaned, Warren's vocabulary is verbal umami. <laughs> Kristen, Seth takes it on the floor. That's why it distracted me. That's why I giggled while I was doing the... Um, well, I was doing the thing. Uh, K&H says, a lot of variations throughout the match with a heart eyes emoji. And yes, it was easily match of the night. Easily match of the night. The Revival are backstage with Vince McMahon asking for their release in their gear. <laughs> you see what I did there? Comedy! Topical! We're on topic, folks. Well, they're talking about the conspiracy, about losing and so on. And they say, they basically tell Vince, they say, give us one more shot and put a special guest referee in there that's going to call it down, call it down the middle. Someone, while they're talking, there's someone off camera who keeps saying, Mr. McMahon, Mr. McMahon, Mr. McMahon, excuse me, Mr. McMahon, Mr. McMahon. And it's, at a, it's to a point where I'm wondering to myself, I'm thinking, what if they, what if it's really someone who's trying to get Vince's attention and doesn't realize that he's on set? You know, what if it's like, you know, Vince's personal assistant who's got him his, uh, you know, his black coffee, his extra strong Colombian black coffee? Because Vince doesn't put anything else in his coffee. He wants it black. I take my coffee black, pal. Black has my heart. Black as the soul that inhabits me, pal. That's what you get me. And you bring it to me. You bring it as hot as the scorching flames of hell. <laughs> um, but the person saying Mr. McMahon off screen is Kurt Hawkins. 
you know, who's, uh, you know, basically comes up and Vince says, look, if you're asking to get a match, no, you've lost too much. You should find another line of work. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that, that is hard, Vince. Dude, the guy just wants an opportunity. So basically this all ends up that uh that kurt hawkins is going to be the special guest referee because he can't be a wrestler anymore or something like that and then i'm like well why didn't they just keep heath slater on as a wrestler for a little while uh, um, as a ref a little while longer if they're going to do this angle but they don't plan in advance they didn't know they were going to do this in advance so i'm i'm you know so basically match later on uh gable and root versus the revival with kurt hawkins as the special guest referee Dean Ambrose cuts a promo backstage quoting Martin Luther King and talking about social injustice, saying that the the injustice is him having lost the Intercontinental title. <laughs> Joe says Vince taking, takes his coffee black, but not like his WWE champions. Now that's topical on MLK Day. <laughs> oh joe joe oh you're gonna have it can't wait for you to eat your underwear um so uh basically yeah dean cuts a very uh very standard bog standard promo man did they have they bungled up dean ambrose's return yes they have oh goodness gracious yes they have Next match is Lucha House Party versus Jinder Mahal and the Singh Brothers. This is the, so far, at this point in the evening, it is the only match that did not start during a commercial. And it kind of could have. Um, the, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it much. Aside from the fact that it's not a Jinder Mahal match if there isn't a headlock within the first two minutes, which is what we got. Uh, Lucha House Party wins. Jinder Mahal is done he's dead he is donezo he's not a he, he was barely a credible champion when they wanted him to make him when they wanted to make him a champion now we're former wwe champion jinder mahal in a trios match yeah that was a little uh it was a little push here i have a uh my seltzer <laughs> Elias versus Corbin comes up next um, Elias actually is in the ring first Corbin comes out to interrupt uh, so fresh fresh right new fresh new people doing great new, old faces doing new things you know, it's, we have we've never seen this before. Oh my goodness! Corbin coming out to interrupt Elias, and then they get mad at each other, and then they fight. Um, we're back, and another match that starts during the commercial. Uh, Elias is rope walks when he come when we're he's rope walking when we come back. He gets kicks Corbin to the outside. Uh, they fight on the apron, but Elias is shoved into the post. Look, this match ends when Corbin hits the end of days on Elias. Clean as a whistle. Um, 
I don't know what they're doing with Elias anymore. But they kind of have to have him win a couple of times. Maybe they have something really big planned for him. But man, these matchups on Raw, Elias versus Corbin again, that was enough. JPQ says, um, uh, Jinder made $900,000 in 2018. Thank you, John. Uh, you are a moderator here. You're not supposed to uh, add fuel to the fire. Jinder <laughs> uh, Mahal, Rachel says, Jinder Mahal is no more. He has ceased to be. He has gone. Yes, he is bereft of life. Um, next, we have the moment of bliss, which was a shit segment, but did have a nugget of good news, whereas Alexa Bliss is apparently cleared and able to return to active competition. And that is good because I don't like, I don't like wrestlers being injured, being unable to, uh, being unable to wrestle. Um, they should, uh, injuries are no good. There you go. Um, so I'm glad that she's been cleared to return. That's a good thing. But the whole thing about the Royal Rumble hype, invite the second good news, I said there was one negative good news, but the second negative good news in this segment here is that they had Nia Jax come out with the microphone, but they didn't let her talk. Um... So 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 that's the good news, and then uh, Nia starts to talk. That brings out Ember Moon, and that brings out uh, Alicia Fox, and that brings out Mickey James and the Riot Squad, and and uh, uh, Dana Brooke, and all uh, yeah, all the women are out there, most of them anyway, and even Nikki Cross. Now here's here's a problem. Here's the problem that I had with this segment here. Nikki Cross would not be standing very obediently listening to Alexa Bliss up on her uh up on her chair uh berating everyone for not behaving Nikki Cross would be the first person to spear the shit out of her off the chair Nikki Cross doesn't stand around and behave they're already fucking her up the segment ends when Lacey Evans comes out <laughs> calling calling Alexa Bliss sawed off, which I thought was really funny because, because she, you know, Lacey Evans is really tall. I thought that was fun. That was a... F we hadn't heard that one before. That's really good. See, Blaine... Blaine says it himself. I was waiting for Nikki Cross to start some shit. Rachel says it. Nikki Cross would be tearing shit up. Uh, Kristen says you go back and watch that segment and look at Nikki's crazy eyes she was still nuts she was not not nuts but in any other context Nikki Cross would be like no I'm not waiting around for I'm not I'm done listening to you people I'm coming after you next we had uh, Heavy Machinery's official main roster in-ring debut Versus the Ascension. Mm -mm. Um, and um, <laughs> Corey Graves really made me 
laugh out loud here where when he said about Otis Dozovich, he said, Otis has achieved the impossible. He is as wide as he is tall. I thought that was really funny. Um, this was, I mean, this was fine. It was a perfect, uh, it was a perfect, uh, 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 um, uh, what's the word? Enhancement match. Uh, showcase. That's the word I was looking for. Perfect showcase match for heavy machinery. Um, you know, they had Otis do the goofy spots. You know, with the uh, the the dancing elbow, uh, he did uh, he did the worm uh, or the caterpillar, uh, and heavy machinery, and uh, won the match with the compactor. You know what? I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Heavy machinery. I have the proof here. Heavy machinery is going to be fine on Maine, as long as they're treated as a comedy act. They are going to be fine on Maine. Next, we get the revival versus uh, Bobby Roode and uh, Chad Gable. This is a this was a pretty good match. Uh, this was a it was fun. Uh, Chad Gable, man, uh, and the revival they they're they work so well together. The match they had a couple of weeks ago was really fun, and again they had some nice nice uh, moments here as well. Um, um, I like the I, and they established very very quickly that Kurt Hawkins was going to call this down the middle, like when Chad tags Bobby Roode in. But Kurt is like, nope, you can't get in because you weren't holding the uh, you weren't holding the, the 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 tag team rope tether thing. I like, know you can't come in. You weren't holding it. I'm like, well, <laughs> when's the last time that was enforced? Well, you know, WWE just released you know old episodes of Superstars <clears throat> today. Uh, that would probably be around that era. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, Dawson ch tosses Chad into the ropes and uh, has him eat an elbow. The revival goes after uh, goes after Rude. They avoid a charge uh, while Gable jumps off the top rope with double clotheslines on both guys, which was really really nice. And then follows both Rude and uh, Gable followed up with double T-bone suplexes. That was cool. Um, Gable then, uh, the revival rolled to the outside. Gable goes after, um, Wilder with a dive off of a back body drop off of Bobby Roode. He hits the move, but Dawson comes in with a clothesline and knocks old Chad down. Back from commercial, Gable gets the hot tag over to Roode who clotheslines Wilder. Back body drop, slams Dawson, clotheslines Dawson to the outside, hits his spine buster on Wilder. Wilder's up on the apron. He suplexed back in. Uh, <clears throat> Wilder covers. Dawson holds the leg, but Hawkins catches it, so he interrupts the count. Wilder then rolls Rude up after a sucker punch by Dawson, uses his feet as leverage on the rope, but Dawson, uh, not Dawson, but Hawkins sees it again. He's like, no. This isn't the, it's not flying in my ring. Stops the count. Um, there's a crossbody then by Gable. Dawson rolls him up, holding the tights. But again, Hawkins sees it. And he stops the count. He's like, dude, you guys got to stop this shit. Now there's a bit of a shoving match that happens between Dawson and Hawkins. And Hawkins is like, look, dude, I'm the ref. And Dawson's like, all right, all right, all right. When the match comes to an end, when Gable tries to roll Dawson up, but Wilder is holding on to him, uh, him being Dawson, holding on to his hands through the ropes. 
But Hawkins comes in and is like, no, 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 you can't do that. And he breaks it up. Momentum. Carries. Dawson. Backwards. Roll up. Win. The champions retain. And after the match, the, re the Revival beat Hawkins up. And guess who comes to save him? Well, if you've watched, you know. Zack Ryder. Who hadn't had, who had one match in 2018 and was at the very last Raw of the year. I'm okay with this. And I mean, if they're going to, if they want to try and do something with the tag team division, they might as well reform Hawkins and Ryder as a legit tag team. Why not? Why not? All right. Let's have a little fun. Ronda Rousey's backstage. She's cutting the promo. <laughs> now, okay. All right. Now, listen. Look. Look here. Listen. Ronda. Ronda's not a. She's not a bad promo. She's. She hasn't found her voice yet. I don't think. And whatever she's doing, it's not connecting. And. If WWE understood how to book Ronda Rousey properly, they wouldn't have her come in smiling and being, you know, cutesy and being pals with everyone. Ronda Rousey got over in UFC because she hated everyone she was in the ring with. She beat the shit out of them and she had no regrets. So that's how they should be booking her, even her, her promos and everything, her attitude. That's what that's how Ronda Rousey got over in UFC. But this promo, man, I mean, on one hand, it was bad. And on one hand, uh, she her she 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 flubbed her lines. She got confused. She started to babble. But and she's bitching over shit. I didn't like it. She's and uh, there, KNH in, in the chat just said it. Her voice is whiny. They and that's what doesn't connect here right now. She's not supposed to be whining, she's supposed to be taking control. I begged her, I, I begged, uh, what kind of champion says, I begged my challenger to fight me. What the hell, man? That's ridiculous. What, <clears throat> but then she had a couple of classic lines. What does Sasha want me to do? Cut off my hair and wash her feet with it? Maybe there's a reference there. I don't understand, but that was just, that was baffling to me. But the one line, the line of the promo where she's, she's trying to put down Sasha Banks saying, where's her heart? Why does she really invest herself in wrestling like I do? Where's her heart? Does she train? Where's her spirit of competition? She says, and I quote, she's too busy traveling the world, living the lifestyle of a boss, right? Living the lifestyle of a boss, uh, sitting in on board meetings, uh, getting quarterly reports, uh, approving R&D budgets, uh, approving payroll, answering uh, emails with potential investors, <laughs> you know, making phone calls. It's like, hey, 
when, when that trading bell rings, I want Pritchard on the floor selling that stock. I can't see the ticker drop. One more cent. I want to give a shout out to Chris and Ashley for that line. But that's hilarious, man. The lifestyle of a boss. <laughs> I, I get what she was trying to say, but it, it just didn't work. <laughs> so we got the match <clears throat> main event Sasha and Bailey versus Ronda and Natalia uh, and uh, before the match uh, before the match Sasha hit gets uh, gets on the mic and she lays it down and she lays it down and you have to admit that when you see Sasha with this little edge, this, this, you know, the, the attitude, the, um, the, 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 the legitimate swagger that she has, she had it tonight. She wasn't taking, uh, she wasn't taking anything here from Rhonda. No nonsense. This is the, this is the, the Sasha Banks that I fell in love with in NXT. I don't care for babyface Sasha. I really don't. Not that I don't care about her as a wrestler. As a baby face, it's not really good. She, she does, she's, she's much more natural as a heel. She had all her naturals that lead down that road. And you saw some of that tonight. That was good. So she, she's landed into Ronda and it started gets, it's, it gets heated. And Banks cheap shots Ronda as well. So, you know, this is these little, these little elements. I like that. They calm everything down and get the match started. But Sasha goes right after Ronda was on the apron. And just knocks her off. Um, so she starts against Natalia <clears throat> early on. She and Bailey, uh, she being um, Sasha, uh, do a double suplex on Natalia, cover her for two. They take down Nat with a double team back elbow low kick combination. Uh, but uh, Ronda runs in and spears Bailey down, throws Sasha down as well. And then we go to commercial. Back from commercial, Bailey gets rammed in the corner by Natalia. Rousey and Natalia do the uh, do the heart attack. And I'm pretty sure uh, Bully Ray went into conniptions when he saw this again because it didn't end the match. Snap suplex uh, on Bailey by Natalia and a nice one at that. Covers, but only gets two. Bailey fights back with a running knee, double knees to Natalia in the corner by Sasha, who covers and only gets two. Bailey hits a top rope Hurricane Rana by uh, Bailey on Natalia. I mean, uh, Meteora is followed in by Sasha, uh, who co she covers Natalia and only gets two. Natalia kind of walked a little too much into the into the Meteora before it uh, took off, but yeah, being nitpicky here, it was fine. Ronda gets uh, gets her up in the um, uh, gets a um, gets Sasha up into the angle slam. Excuse me, but Sasha rolls out and uh, gets Ronda into a backslide, but only gets two. Big knee to the jaw, bank statement on Ronda, but Natalia breaks it up. Ronda is going for her, sets herself up for her combos, but instead eats a big Sasha Banks boot. And again, I like this, you know where. The move is telegraphed. She's like, she's, you know, she's doing her thing where she slaps herself. Sasha saw it coming. He's like, no, no, no. Whomp. 
boot to the face. Um, they go for the backstabber into the uh, Bailey the belly, but Ronda throws Bailey over, covers her, but only gets two. Get some knees uh, into Bailey's uh, midsection. Front kick knocks her down. Sasha stands in front of Bailey, sort of like to protect her partner, but she moves out of the way. Well, or at least some people say, "Oh, look, Sasha moved out of the way." Sasha didn't move out of the way. If you look at it again, if you you rewind on your PVR thing, if you watch it on Hulu tomorrow or now, whenever it comes out, uh, Bailey pushed Sasha out of the way. So there's no, there's no uh, there's no big heel turn up coming. Not just yet. I don't think we're ever going to get it anyway at this point. Um, <clears throat> the end comes around here when uh, when Ronda gets the arm bar in on Sasha, but Sasha rolls around to the ropes, uh, which breaks it apart. Ronda, as she's breaking apart the ro- the the hold, gets uh, gets a kick to the face by Sasha. Ronda tags out. Natalia comes in with a sharpshooter on Sasha. Bailey comes in with the save. Bailey spears Rousey. Natalia lariats Bailey. Banks loses her trunks in the process. We get a nice big black screen to make sure we don't see any Sasha butt. Uh, but that does not keep her from getting the bank statement on Natalia. She taps. Sasha Banks wins. There's a nice heated confrontation at the win. At the end, I'm telling you guys, Sasha Banks. Edgy, heelish, not taking any shit, smiling a little less, not as huggy-huggy. That's the Sasha we want. It's the Sasha we deserve, damn it. It's the Sasha we deserve. Kevin uh, says she's got that edge back that she desperately needed. Yes, yes, that is extremely true. Um, a lot of people talking about the, about Ronda's promo being and not very good. Um, Rachel says, I always thought, thought Sasha suits better as a heel. The boss just doesn't make sense as a nickname for a baby face. She does work better as a heel. She really does. Um, Blaine says, my bold prediction is Sasha becomes a five times, five time women's champion. That's uh, very bold, but yeah, Iran does not losing the title until WrestleMania. If she loses at WrestleMania. Um, King and Edge says, I would like Sasha a whole lot more if she had a different finisher. I find the banks, the backstabber bang, and bank statement, they work really well for her. Um, and yeah, a lot of people didn't notice that the screen went this, when the screen came back from being black, back, you could black, can see Sasha pulling up her trunks. She went uh, full moon. Ember moon. (laughs) I think it's time to stop. I think that's my cue. I think that's my cue that we're done for the evening, folks. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Remember to come back tomorrow. uh, Come back tomorrow for the SmackDown Live recap show. If you can't make it, make sure that you head on over to Fightful Select on Wednesday for my my 205 Live NXT NXT UK recap show if you can't make it for that come back on thursday i'm going to be having my royal rumble prediction show with anthony Souter of the smart to death 
podcast. If you can't make it for that, come back on Friday. I'm going to have my uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix prediction show with uh, C. Danny Mac of the Undisputed Future podcast. And if you can't make it for that, come back on, well, find us on Friday, on uh, Saturday on Fightful.com. Uh, I'll be joining Kristen Ashley uh, and Laura Morrow on another episode of The Division. And if you can't make it for that, well, come join me on um, uh, after the Royal Rumble on the uh, Smart to Dead podcast. We're going to be doing a live recap show after that. Guys and gals, I want to thank everyone so much again for popping in, for joining live this evening. Another fantastic, fantastic crowd. I'm, I'm blessed with you guys. So thank you all very much. If you haven't already, uh, why don't you subscribe? And if you're listening to this on audio format on a podcast somewhere, go ahead and click that subscribe button there as well. It helps out a lot. Thank you, everyone. Can't thank you enough. And uh, guess what? I'll see you.